Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, and I am so proud to be a part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. Despite a lot of interest early on, 2020 has not been a big year for hemp in the panhandle. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. USDA working on challenges facing rural and underserved communities. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Many cattle producers who marketed some Shelly cows this week got a rude awakening courtesy of their packer. We'll speak about it, address the issue. I'm Larry Marble and I'm reporting from Three Rivers. A big Texas farm show has been canceled but farm webinars continue. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up. We'll have those stories coming up, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets. All of that's on the way, but first, let's kick things off with news headlines. Up in the Texas panhandle, what once seemed to be an almost feverish excitement about a potential new crop for farmers has ultimately faded. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. Last fall, if you listened in on conversations among farmers, you would have heard a lot of talk about hemp. But in the end, in this first year to grow that crop legally in Texas, very few actually obtained hemp grower licenses in our area. The interest here in the panhandle for the first year was very low with about a dozen growers. That's Texas A&M AgriLife hemp specialist Calvin Trossel who says a big disincentive for would-be growers was the collapse of the CBD market. The prices that we have pretty much throughout almost all of 2020 going back even to the late winter months remain in the range of about 85 percent below what they were at the beginning of the 2019 cropping season. A simple matter of supply outweighing demand. But while CBD hemp has not yet proven as lucrative as hoped, Trossel says some farmers are considering future fiber hemp production, with various companies showing interest in opening processing plants in Texas. In Amarillo, James Hunt for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. USDA is working on challenges facing rural and underserved communities. Tom Nicoletti talks with one USDA official as he travels through Texas. My guest today from the Texas Rio Grande Valley is Mike Beatty. He is director of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Office of Partnerships and Public Engagement. And Mike uh, recently was in Texas to uh, uh, make a few stops in the valley and in the state capital uh, as well. And uh, Mike, first off, let's just talk about uh, the basic responsibilities and function of your office uh, at USDA. Yeah, great, Tom. It's great to be in Texas. You know, I'm from Georgia, the only uh, 
state with more counties than we are is Texas. I think y'all got 254. We got 159. And it's awesome to be here. And we work with the secretary directly in a one USDA approach. We've got roughly 30 institutions that we work with throughout the country, our HBCUs, our tribal Hispanic serving, and we have liaisons there. And we really facilitate and partner uh, with all of the one USDA teams throughout the country. Uh, this the last couple of days, we've been working with the farmers uh, to Families Food Box program. Uh, we work closely at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. We have a liaison here, and tomorrow we'll be up at Prairie View A&M. So we in a lot of ways, we're just that uh, kind of that secret sauce that pulls everything together and uh, makes what one USDA, uh, you know, co- coming together really effective and work with all the great agencies at USDA. Secretary Purdue and I have known each other for 20-something years, and we love his motto, just do right and feed everyone. So we're the Office of Partnership and Public Engagement, and that's what we did. You mentioned Prairie View A&M University, and that's tied to uh, one of your areas of uh uh, focus, and that's the minority uh, serving higher education institutions. Talk about that. Yes. Well, we work with underserved communities all through uh, the nation, and we work, uh, you know, we have 19 HBCUs, historically, uh, you know, black college and universities, our 1890s. We work with our tribal uh, universities and our Hispanic, and we have liaisons there, and we really what we've done, we've created a platform called Centers of Community Prosperity, where we really uh, coordinate and work with communities around those uh, locations and really focus on what their challenges are and uh, work with them to match resources. We've put together quite a, uh, you know, a great playbook that has all of the different resources of USDA and other federal departments and to really help those communities uh, build a bottom-up, locally-driven strategy to to really deal with their many issues. Because USDA, in a lot of ways, we're a lot of, you know, we do a lot of the community development, which folks really don't know that, but rural development can actually rebuild a community from under the ground all the way up. So we just work with a lot of great communities. Mike Beatty will join me again on our next program. He is director of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Office of Partnerships and Public Education. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Lightweight cows are getting hit with big discounts at Texas auction barns this fall. Larry Marble has the details from Three Rivers. I'm on the line with Riley Rhodes of Live Oak Livestock, Three Rivers, Texas. They sell them every Monday. And Riley mentioned during one of our regular market reports about a correction on light carcass cows. Riley, talk to us about that, how it affected you today, and how it's going to affect people if they don't pay attention here in the future. Especially in the winter months, some of these real old cows, uh, you know, getting thin and don't have a lot of salvage value on them. Well, the the packing houses or the rail figures, uh, you know, they they would a whole lot rather hang up a big carcass than a small carcass, but uh, they've always given us a little something for them. But with a new correction, it's a $0.75 deduction off of the rail weight of any carcass up to that 250 to 300 pound carcass, which means, you know, a 700, 750 pound cow that dresses 38 
50% or up to 40%. So those carcasses there, if you had a dollar on the rail on a big cow, uh, you take 75 cents off of that. So you're looking at uh, your carcass being worth 25 cents. You know, you're looking at 250-pound carcass uh, times 25 cents. Divide that by your 700-pound cow, and that doesn't leave you but about 5 or 10 cents. It's pretty tough. What would be the correction to that? Number one, don't let a cow get that poor. But if you do have some that are that away, would you stick them in a pen, feed them a little while? Yes, sir, for sure. You know, they're to figure now that uh, you can afford to feed them, you know, if they have teeth. I mean, sometimes we're all guilty of hanging on to these cows and getting one more calf out of them and getting up to the age where they don't have any teeth left. And it's really hard to put any weight on them, even if you're feeding them in a pen, if they don't have any teeth. I mean, anything that is thin like that, uh, especially if they're, you know, a decent age and able to gain weight, you're certainly uh, can afford to feed them now and get them, at least get them up there, you know, putting a 100, 200 pounds on them uh, to where they'll hit that different carcass bracket that makes a significant difference. All right. We've been with Riley Rhodes from Livestock Three Rivers. They sell them every Monday. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. A big Texas farm show has been canceled, but farm webinars continue. Jessica Domel has the story. The 2020 Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show has been canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Event organizers say the way they would have to conduct the show to comply with safety standards and state laws makes having a successful face-to-face event impractical. They're now looking forward to the 2021 event. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service will host a weekly webinar series on landowner laws and responsibilities on Fridays from October 23rd through November 13th. The webinars will take place from 1 to 3 p.m. each Friday on the Zoom platform. You must pre-register with an extension agent in one of the following counties, Lampasas, Burnett, or Mills. Additional details are available at today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Changes in the 2018 Farm Bill and COVID-19 have cost dairy farmers millions of dollars and the unintended consequences could change the federal milk marketing order. Michael Clements reports from Washington. The 2018 Farm Bill modified milk pricing rules to facilitate improved risk management for beverage milk processors, cooperatives, and dairy farmers. While the goal of improving risk management was achieved, American Farm Bureau Federation Chief Economist John Newton says the change cost dairy farmers millions of dollars. It got rid of what was the higher of in the pricing formula and replaced it with a simple average of the class three and four milk prices. And because of COVID-19 price volatility, that milk price is a lot lower than what it would have been otherwise to the effect of around $400 million in lost revenue for dairy farmers. Newton says the new milk pricing rules went into effect in May 2019. It was something that was put into the 2018 Farm Bill really designed to provide new risk management tools for the beverage milk industry. It allowed them to use futures contracts for milk to hedge their beverage milk price risk. But unfortunately, because of COVID-19 price volatility, it revealed some of the unintended consequences on farmer income. The change to the milk pricing rules did not proceed through a formal rulemaking process. Newton says farmers are likely to consider potential improvements in the federal milk marketing order. Since this didn't proceed through the normal rulemaking process to amend federal orders, farmers across the country are likely to consider going back to the previous pricing formula or other changes to the federal order program to improve milk prices. We're also working with USDA and lawmakers on capital Hill to achieve what's called modified block voting to ensure those dairy farmers have a voice and a vote on federal order rule changes. Newton's complete analysis is available on the Market Intel page at fb.org. Michael Clements, Washington. It is a crime in Texas to waste wild game. 
I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll explain on Texas Ag Today. And it's important to check your bulls prior to fall breeding season. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at breeding soundness exams coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, it was a hot, dry summer, and that is tough on bulls. So as we go into the fall breeding season, it's important to make sure those bulls are ready with a breeding soundness exam. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. If you have a fall breeding season for your beef cow-calf herd, it is time to make sure your bulls are fertile and ready for the upcoming breeding season. To do so, contact your bovine veterinarian right away for a breeding soundness exam. A breeding soundness exam needs to be performed prior to every breeding season, as Dr. Glenn Selk from Oklahoma State indicates that a heat wave like we had in August can reduce bull fertility for several months. Also, this is a good time to retest all of your bulls for trichomonas, which can lead to infertility and even trim the bull's feet if needed when they are in the chute. Bulls that do not pass the breeding soundness exam will need to be culled and replaced as it is not practical for a commercial operator to keep a bull with decreased fertility in hopes the fertility will increase by next breeding season. For this reason, start bull testing now so you will have time to purchase a new bull and get the bull on your ranch for a few weeks prior to breeding season. This allows the bull to get familiar with the environment and other bulls and hopefully reduce stress and also become acclimated to the change in ration. Lots of young bulls are fed grain in pens, and it takes a while for their GI tract to get settled from the change from grain to grazing grass in the pasture. This change in rumen microorganisms requires at least three weeks minimum, and fertility could potentially be reduced during that time. Bulls will also establish a new social order when new bulls are added, and this needs to be settled before breeding season. Bulls need to be breeding cows at the start of breeding season versus fighting each other, establishing a social order. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It's a crime here in Texas to waste wild game. Jessica Domel explains in today's wildlife report. There are plenty of opportunities for hunters and anglers across Texas. And unfortunately, we see it almost every year Hunters or anglers leave their catch or their bag behind, wasting the natural resource. Bobby Thornton, co-founder of the Texas Dove Hunters Association, joins us today to discuss this wasting of wild game. Nothing irritates me more than to shoot an animal, whether it's a dove, a deer, even pigs, and not harvest that animal. We try to teach our kids this and our, any, anyone whether they're youth or, or adults, to have a healthy respect for wildlife. And respect means respect of what God gave you. Use it to fill your plate, if you will. 
and I mean fill your plate not only eating but also your internally how you feel about uh, having gone out and been able to do this and be thankful for what what you have never shoot more than your limit always pick up what you harvest don't just let them go that was bobby thornton from the texas dove hunters association according to the texas parks and wildlife department it is a class c misdemeanor if a person while hunting kills or wounds a game bird or game animal and intentionally or knowingly fails to make a reasonable effort to retrieve it and include it in their daily or seasonal bag limit it is an offense if a person intentionally takes or possesses a game bird game animal or a fish and intentionally knowingly or recklessly or with criminal negligence fails to keep the edible portions in an edible condition. If you're looking for recipes for fish or other wild game animals, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department does have some on its website. Go to tpwd.texas.gov in the search bar at the top of the page. Simply type in recipes. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. We saw cattle futures on both sides of unchanged, but we ended up closing higher. And we're seeing the cotton and grain markets continue to add to their gains this week. We'll take a closer look at all of the markets coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Do you know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. For more information, visit OLI.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We started out the day with a higher live cattle market and a lower feeder cattle market. However, we turned things around on those feeders. We ended up closing higher in both sections of the cattle complex. October live cattle up 97 cents, 110.17. December up $1.15 at 113.10. February up 57 cents, 115.92. Now, the feeder cattle market has been feeling the pressure all week long from higher corn prices. The corn market continues to climb, and usually when you see that, you're going to see lower feeder cattle prices. However, we turned it around today and actually ended up closing higher after taking some pretty steep losses over the last few trading sessions. October feeder cattle up 37, 138.50. November up 35, 137.87. January feeders up 17 cents, 136.32. Looking at the cash trade, still all quiet out in the country for cash fed cattle sales. Feedlots have the cattle firmly priced at 110 this week. The show lists are smaller, so that's giving the feedlots a little bit of leverage on asking for a couple of more dollars. The online fed cattle exchange did sell a few cattle, 367 head sold. All of those were Texas cattle, and they all sold at 108.50. Boxed beef prices mixed, choice up 89 cents, 217.13. Select down 89 at 205.95. Now let's check a couple of feeder cattle auctions around the country. Four County Auction Center in Industry, Texas, selling 1,075 head this week. The trend was steady. Two to three weight steers brought $1.25 to $2.05 a pound. Three to four weights $1.20 to $1.87. 
Four to five hundred pound steers, a dollar ten to a dollar seventy. Five to six weights, a dollar to a dollar forty eight. Six to seven weight steers, ninety cents to a dollar sixteen a pound. Slaughter cows range from eighteen to fifty six cents. Slaughter bulls, sixty to eighty six. Stocker cows, four hundred dollars to ten fifty a head. Cow calf pairs brought five fifty to thirteen fifty a pair. Another big run at East Texas Livestock in Crockett, 3,317 head this week. The trend steady to lower. Two to three weight steers, $1.58 to $1.70 a pound. Three to four weights, $1.40 to $1.80. Four to 500 pounders, $1.31 to $1.68. Five to six weight steers, $1.24 to $1.44 a pound. Six to 700 pounders, $1.15 to $1.39 a pound. Slaughter cows, 44 to 65 cents. Slaughter bulls, 78 to 90. Stocker cows brought 700 to 1325 ahead. Now back over to the futures market, lean hogs. Closing the day higher, October up 55 cents, 76.87. December hogs up 70 at 64.57. Class 3 milk futures lower, October down 15 cents, 20.39 a hundredweight. November milk down 22, 19.37 a hundred. The cotton market closed higher again as traders closely monitor Hurricane Delta. Right now, it is expected to be a big hurricane. It's headed straight for the coast of Louisiana. And, of course, the forecast calling for a lot of rain across the U.S. Delta and the southeast. USDA says the cotton crop there stands at 80% with open bowls. So a definite prospect of some big damage being caused by this storm to that Delta and southeast cotton crop. We close with December cotton up 63 points, 67.59. March cotton up 63 at 68.35. The wheat market continues to climb. The same factors continue to support this market. Dry weather in wheat production areas of the Ukraine and Russia, as well as dry weather here at home as we're trying to get this fall 20 wheat crop into the ground right now. Weaker dollar also adding support to the wheat market. We close with December Kansas City wheat. Up ten and a quarter, five forty-four and a half. New crop July wheat up nine and a half, five sixty-three and a quarter. And the corn market closing higher. December corn up three and three quarters, three eighty-eight and three quarters. Checking the energy markets: November natural gas up nine cents, two sixty-one. November crude oil down seventy, thirty-nine ninety-seven a barrel. And we'll wrap it up here with the financial markets. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 542 points, 28,315. The NASDAQ up 206 at 11,361. The S&P 500 up 59 points, 3,420. Well, that is a look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. Thank you so much. We appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget, we're here every day for you to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. Be sure to check us out again tomorrow. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.